it's good to be here. Amen. As always, we uh, went out of town this week. Sue's brother went to be with the Lord, and uh, we conducted had his service on Monday. So we welcome Charles to the cloud of witnesses. We welcome uh, Mickey's mother. She had, they had their service on Tuesday. Welcome her to the cloud of witnesses this morning. Amen. You know, how many are glad you're not worshiping alone? You know, one of the great consolations we have, of course, is our assurance of our eternity when we come to accept the Lord. And I'm so glad that, that we basically have to accept that by faith. It's not by sight that we see oftentimes, but it's a faith that's created in our hearts. And I've kind of struggled over the years. I keep saying, God just keeps showing me stuff. And the Lord keeps saying, just keep believing. Because, you know, I don't need the, the evidence in order to believe. But believing always will lead us to evidence. So if you stand in a place long enough, consistently and persistently, like the Lord said the woman came to him and continually persisted that he answer her petition. If you just keep standing, you will see. And oftentimes what we see is not really what we thought we would see. Because the Lord's kind of like a God of all surprise. He likes to give us something even greater than what we could envision. Because we're limited, you know, in our ability to see in the natural. So could we make a paradigm or we make a, a concept of what we think things should be like or how things are going to turn out. But if we walk in the spirit and have faith, God has something greater in mind than what we could probably visualize. I know some of you have some pretty vivid dreams and pretty vivid visions and anticipation, but really God has something greater. I've not seen or heard nor entered into our hearts what God has prepared for them that love him. So as we go into a new season of life, whether on a personal level that you may be encountering or on the corporate people, we have to go into this season with a great deal of faith, believing that the Lord has not led us to a place to leave us without what he wants us to be. I have so much confidence in the Lord that even if everything was wrong around me, that if I just kept standing in the place that God had for me, that everything around me would have to conform to that image and change into what God wanted it to be. Because when you walk in the favor of the Lord, you command something to begin to happen in your life. And um, this morning, I want to I touch on a little bit of what I spoke two weeks ago when I talked about this pursuit of love, pursuit of oneness, the pursuit of giving, but I didn't really talk a lot about the pursuit of what we become. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, if you want to turn there with me this morning, um, verse 1, 
Paul writing, do we begin to commend ourselves or do we need as some others epistles of commendment, of commendation or to you are letters of commendation from you? For you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. When Paul says that you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men, he's saying that all this that Christ came to do and spoke to us is actually becoming evidence through us that whatever he is, we become that also. That's the beautiful part about walking with the Lord is that we don't obtain to something that's foreign. We have just obtained to who he has become. Just as Christ said to the father, he said, just as he is, so am I also upon the earth. And that, that's how it, it happens. God begins to impart himself to us so that we can become this reflection of who he is. I've been watching this series that some of you may have tuned into called The Chosen. Has anyone got that yet? Is that all? Download it on your iPad, your iPhone, or I guess you, if you still use Android, you can download it on that. <laughs> I was a slow convert, but I did get converted. I was shamed and humiliated by people that I know that sat on the front row. <laughs> to finally I switched to Apple. But you can type in on the apps that called The Chosen. And you, you load your, it loads it up, and then you just press it, and you can watch it. And if you've got some of this fancy stuff on your TV, it'll even say, you can press this button, it'll show on your TV. And I had that happen once, and I haven't been able to duplicate it again since. So I've been watching it on my phone and my iPad. And uh, it's the story of Christ calling his disciples uh, before, he, before and then during the beginning of his ministry. And it really is a tremendous story because it's, it, it tells the story of the, of the people, of the ones that are being called. And it puts Christ in in the proper concept of what he was really like, I feel like, in so many ways. Because oftentimes we look at the Lord in, depicted in movies or whatever, and we see this religious figure. But in this chosen, we see a human figure. But yet God's in him. And, you know, that's the way the Lord looks at you, is that you may be... I think all of you, without question, are 100% human. Some of you are more human than you would like to be. <laughs> but at the same time, God sees you as uh, his, what he's formed in you, that you have, are becoming living epistles to be read and to be known by all men. And I just think it's so neat that we're coming into the days that I think that we're going to be more and more manifested to the earth. We're going to be more and more revealed to the world. And that when people get around us, not that we seek any adoration or praise, but when people get around us, they will be like the, the book of Acts. It said they took note, notice that these men had been with Jesus. Wouldn't it be neat if, if someone said, hey, have you been with Jesus? Yeah. yeah. And see, that's, that's the goal, isn't it? That, that we become this ex 
this expressed image of the nature of God through human flesh. The whole world is groaning, waiting now for this revealing of the sons of God. So we have a great opportunity in the days ahead. Some of us maybe have been stuck in a time warp where we, we've lived in a, what we call a blessing mentality that we go to church and we participate in the body of Christ simply because we want our needs met. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the first thing that any child wants is their needs met. But as we grow older in the Lord, our focus begins to change. We're not simply living to have our needs met. We're living to become the need meter. We're living to become the extension of God's heart, his mouth, his actions, and all that he does to the world and how he wants to reveal the Father. So there's this, always this process where there new babes are being born, young men are maturing, sons are being birthed, and fathers are being revealed. There's a process that God takes us through in this great revealing to the earth. So the world is waiting for us. They're waiting for us to be, become who God has called us to be and to, re, re, to release that spirit to the earth. That once again, that it's so contrary to the religious system that it, there's this reality of this natural person revealing a supernatural expression of God to the earth. Amen? I don't want you to know me so much because you may not like me if you knew me. I'm sure most of you would, but I really don't want you to know me as me. I want you to know me as who I am in him. Because if you know me just for me, I'll probably disappoint you if I haven't already. I'd probably give you reason to talk around behind my back if you haven't already. I'd probably give you reason to doubt. But if you can find this Christ that's in me, then that's finding something that's, that's gonna give you the life that you need. You see, that's who you are also, is that you know, when we go into the world, we're, gonna, we're fixing to be released into this awesome new level of motivation that we've never known before. Because we've been so absorbed under this, this banner of God that he's put over us, this banner called love. And we've so given ourselves to this, the spirit of, of Christ and the spirit of love that it's actually has so penetrated into our spirit, into our soul, into our heart, that, that we're becoming this person that's led by this. You know, it's amazing that, that you can get so consumed by something that soon it takes over and you're led by it. Amen? You know, over the years in my walk with God, I've told you many times, some of you may not have heard it, but there's the two major times that God ever spoke to me that I felt that you could say this is an audible voice. Maybe it wasn't, but it sure felt that way. And, and uh, I don't know if it was audible or not, but it sure got my attention. <laughs> the Lord said, I love you. And then years later, after a time of great soul searching and repentance and basically sadness, 
because of my perception of loss in my life, the Lord's voice came again. I still love you. And he said it with, he, he said, Bill, he forgot to read my birth certificate because it says Walter on the birth certificate. But, but he called me Bill because he knew I'd respond to that. But if he'd called me Walter, I might've been upset. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many of you guys have some names you don't want people to call you, right? So I check into the gym, you know, I put my, enter my code, then I put my finger on the thing. And there's, had this new employee there. And I know he was being, wanting to be aggressive and over friendly, but every time I'd go in there, this new employee said, welcome to 24 hour fitness, Walter. <laughs> and after about the third day that he did that, I said, I called him over said, would you please not shout out Walter when you, uh, when I check in, my name is Bill. I said, can you change that in the system? He said, no, <laughs> I cannot. You have to go in, you find your back office and all this and uh, change it there. Cause I signed up when I signed up with a credit card that had Walter on there. So I just prayed that he would leave. <laughs> well, sure enough, he's no longer there. And I've gone now for three months until yesterday. But the guy said it very, very small voice, Walter. Amen. So in, my, in our pursuit of being like him, in this heart that we have that, that has been so compelled by this love, how, how many love that God loved you so much that he compelled you, that he shed this love into you, that he literally overwhelmed you with the sense of his love. There's nothing like that when we come to this place that we're finally able to open ourselves up and say, Lord, I receive your love for my life. Because there's no one can love you like him, Right? But in that love, it, it literally brings us to this place that we, didn't, we tend to be motivated by the thing that God gave us that was so precious. It becomes our motivation as well. You see, that, that's what it's like to become like Christ is that you reach into him until the way that he looks at things, you begin to look at them as well. The way that he hurts for things, you hurt. The way he cries, you cry. The way that he has compassion, you have compassion because the very nature of God begins to control who you are. So then all of your decisions begin to take on and all of your choices in life begin to take on a whole different paradigm because now you're beginning to choose the things that we know that God would choose for us. So we're controlled by the love. Our self-will is giving way to the will of God. You know, I thank God that he didn't come to us and with a strong voice and say, you either better do my will or I'm going to bop you one. How many know that really influences you when someone does that to you? You either submit or you're going to pay the price. I mean, that that, that's not the way to, to win friends and influence people, is it? But Christ didn't come that way. He comes with the, the, throwing out a lifeline of love that literally com, 
brings us into that place that we willfully yield and willfully give our lives back to him. We love him because he first loved us. He chose us. He chose us before the foundation of the world. He, he had you in mind in his heart from the very beginning of creation. He knew who you were. He knew where you would be. He knew what you needed. He knew your heart and he made provision for it. There may be 6.7 billion people on the earth, but in God's eyes, you're the only one because he has the ability in his omnipresence, his, his omniscience, omniscience to, he has the ability to cover every base with every person at any given time. Isn't that amazing? As personal as he is to me, and as intimate as I've had an experience with Christ over my life, I know that, that, that there's nothing in me that's special that would separate me from you because he has the ability to be just as intimate and just as loving and just as kind and just as forgiving with you as he's ever been with me. Amen? Amen. Yet I feel special. Yeah. I feel like I'm his special friend. Yeah. Amen? And I tell a lot of you that, that you're my friend. And some of you, I tell you, you're my special friend. Well, I'm not giving you a lot of hot air. Because when I move in Christ, I have the ability to love more than just two or three people with the same intensity. I can love all of you with the same intensity that I love the one that some would say that I love the most. I can even love Joe as much as I love the girls over here. I know it's a stretch, but I can do it. Amen. Because God has given me the capacity to extend his love to whoever I choose to extend it to. God so loved the world. And see, he loves everyone that's here so much that he focuses his intention entirely upon you. And so that's why I can say you're all special. And I can say you're all my friends. And I can even go as far as to say you're my favorite. Because really, in reality, we're all his favorites. Amen. Did you know that you're the favorite of the Lord? That you're the lily? That you're the apple of his eye? Did you know that you are the one that God chose? Amen. Hallelujah. Jenny over here, she's, God chose her. Man, we were so excited last week when Georgian played his fiddle. What do you call it? Flute? I mean, uh, violin. I call it the fiddle played over Jenny and she danced and that was so much fun. Never done it? Wow. That was awesome. But see, she's God's special favorite. Amen. And you're the favorite too. Did you know that Nathan? You're a favorite of God. He's your friend. And even Isaac <laughs> playing on his device back there. He's still God's favorite. <laughs> He's God's chosen. He's God's royal priesthood. That's who he is. 
So the motivation of the Lord is this great motivation. That, so every action that he takes, every decision he makes is made with one goal in mind to enable us to be one with him and to partake of his nature. And as your pastor during this season we're in right now, you have to trust me, not as Bill Hart, but as a man that's led by the spirit. That every action that's been taken, every step that's been made has been made because of the motivation of love. And by doing that, the goal that God has in mind is going to bring us to the place that seeing some things that we never dreamed possible. See, what's happening in the midst of us is far bigger than what we can imagine. It's actually, if you put it in the context of history, you'll look back and say, it's the biggest single thing that ever happened to us in the 35-year history of this church. You say, well, I thought it was when this happened or when that happened or when we had 800 people and the glory fell, the whirlwind came across and all this. And I thought all of that was the greatest thing. No, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of the church. Because this is the opportunity to display the heart that's had the word of God written upon it as a living epistle. Wow. Wow. Christ's greatest moment was when he hung on the cross and said, it's finished. From that moment forth, the world was destined to see him for who he really was. They couldn't see him before that. They saw him and they said, what, who, do you th- who do men say that I am? Well, you're, he's this, he's this, he's this, he's this. Christ, Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. But that was a rare thing. Most people, if only just a few saw, but it, the day came that now everyone could see this is him, the one who God sent. Wow. Some of you have yet not been revealed. But if you follow after the Lord, the day will come that they will know who you are. So you thought you were just regulated to being who you are now. God said, it's going to be something greater for you. Now, Paul said, I pray their whole spirit, soul, and body be perfected unto the coming of the Lord. There's coming forth a people upon the earth that are so motivated that their actions, their decisions, their, their goals are changed to become this one goal that Paul said, I'm pressing towards the mark of the call of God in Christ Jesus. I've not yet obtained, but I know that I can. I know I can reach the high place. I press to the mark of the Lord. So this love that comes, that, that motivates us, it leads us then everything becomes pure in our life. Everything becomes consistent and constant because the, the, love, the, love, the love of God has a predetermined, get this, a predetermined course and outcome. It's consistent in its destination. He's the God that changeth not in his affection towards us. And he's consistent, he's determined to finish the thing that he started in you. God is faithful to complete that which is started in you. 
He will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. Little did I know back in those days in Amarillo, Texas, after we became Christians and we're going through the process of getting ready for the ministry, I drive down the road oftentimes and I just begin to weep. And I'm thinking, Lord, how could this be? How could you come and save me the way you did and love me so much? I mean, I was just so overwhelmed by this great gratitude and great appreciation of how much he loved me. And I set myself in those days. I said, Lord, this is, I'm going to follow you. I'm never going to turn back from you. Believe me, I tried. I've kind of gone through the pathway that I can identify very much with Jonah. Sometimes I've come out smelling like a fish. I can identify with Jacob. I wrestled with God and almost crippled me. I can identify with a lot of people that resisted God in the Bible. But yet I stayed because the love of God has constrained me. This love that was given and shed abroad into my heart has become a constraining force upon my life. Romans chapter 8, it says, yet in all these things, verse 37, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things even to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So this love keeps you and brings you into a place of inseparability that you can never be torn away from it, that God is so latched into your heart that, see, we're so concerned with the passing scene that we get so upset with the things around us that aren't going our way on a temporal basis. But remember this, brethren, everything is temporal except him. Everything is inconsistent except him. Everything fails except him. He's the, he is the triumphant son of God. He has made a way for all of you to walk in the pathway of victory. Even when you failed, when you've disappointed yourself and disappointed others and they even feel like you've disappointed him, God has never been disappointed in you yet. He still has his favor before you and his blessing because of his great love towards us. You cannot be separated from this. You that have committed your heart to God, quit fretting and worrying about the temporary scene because God said, I'll never separate from you. You may walk through, you may be a Daniel and walk through a fiery lion's den, but God will be with you. Amen. You may be like Shadrach, Abednego, Abednego and Abednego. There you go, there you go, baby go. You may be like those three guys. Uh, the fiery, fiery furnace and Daniel on the lion's den. I think I got that confused. I'd, I'd never, it'd be kind of a Hollywood stunt, have a fiery lion's den. <laughs> you know. But and so it's a fiery furnace and the, the lion's den of Daniel. Amen.
uh, one thing about age, you, you know, the Lord's still there, but brain cells aren't. So sometimes you, you don't say things the way, the way you want. Amen. The Lord can give you his mind. Some of American politicians you look at today, you think that they've been fried. I mean, I've never seen politicians spout out so much nonsense in my life. These people have gone insane. I mean, they need, they need a makeover. We bless them with the love of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> when you're led by the Spirit, you're led to love on God's terms. You become so single-minded in your pursuit. And that's the thing that I struggled with so much during this process is I, I've been so single-minded in the pursuit of glory that when God began to change course and say, no, this is, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do this. <laughs> man, you could have heard me scream across the street. Man, I, didn't, I don't want to change. But God's pursuit, his single-mindedness, has brought me to his conformity, to his will. He loves me so much, he won't let me continue on the pathway of destruction without getting my attention. How many of you have ever been on a pathway of destruction in your life? And you, but at first you don't realize it, do you? Because sometimes the very thing that you love the most becomes the greatest enemy that you have to face. Because we can become so attached to things that when God begins to move in a different direction that we, we can become so attached to something we're, we're almost refuse to let go. But see, if we're not motivated or controlled by things, our positions or things that people perceive us to be, but we're controlled by the love of God, then that love becomes a highway for us that will be, is willing to take us to the greater place that God has for us. I'm bound to this love no matter what. No matter what offense comes, and no matter what it costs us or costs me, I'll say, I'll not be moved away from the love of God. You could take everything away from me. You could take my money. Uh, you can take um, my house. You can take my, I won't tell you who. You could take all this stuff I love away from me. Just don't take away the girls, you know. But you could take all these things away. <laughs> Amen. But I still would rejoice. Like Job said, Lord, even though you slay me, even though I've lost everything, I still will serve you. Amen? So don't be afraid of the loss because actually it's going to become your gain. Don't be afraid of the things you think you're missing out on because really they're only going to serve the purpose of the Lord. Amen? Because in the middle of all of this, you'll find him standing there with you. When I stood with Jesus in 1989 and he embraced me and he said, looked in my eyes and said, Bill, you're my friend. That, that, I won't say it haunts me, but it's still there with me like it happened yesterday. It's been over, been 30 years, but I still see his face. I still feel his touch. I still feel his embrace. 
Now, you don't have to have that kind of experience to have all of that because God promised you that by faith, didn't he? I think I, he just had to get my attention. <laughs> he definitely did. But one thing I realized, and that when I went through all this stuff a year ago with cancer and other unspeakable, unimaginable things that I don't like I should go through, it was the greatest time of my life. Because in the middle of all of that was Jesus, just like he was. 1970, when he came to me in my backyard in Amarillo, Texas, it's the same Jesus that came 50 years ago. Came to me last year. Came to me this year. It's the same one. The same man of love. The same man of acceptance, forgiveness. The one that came. Nothing can separate me from this love. And if, if you'll let me, Nothing can separate me from you. When I struggled with this whole process of what we're doing, my first thought was, Lord, I'm failing the people. I'm letting them down. And I soon realized that I would be letting you down the most if I didn't follow what the Holy Spirit was speaking. That would be the greatest letdown. Because you're not here because I'm so wonderful and uh, such a great speaker and articulate and, you know that's not true you know so there's not much to let down in that respect but what what I realize that if I really love you if I'm really motivated by love for you that my job as a shepherd is to lead you into, lead you into greener pastures. To lead you into a greater expression of who you are. Because God didn't intend for y'all just to be who you are, where you are. He brought you to, where you to who you are so you can become something greater than where you are. He always expands his kingdom that way. He never just leaves us to be just a little group but he always seeds us. He seeds us into more lives. Because some of you have not even really scratched the surface of the potential that God has for you yet and how he's going to use you in the coming days. It's going to be incredible. Get ready. Some of you are going to be so used, so blessed. You're going to, you're just, you're going to get around a people, a new people. You're going to get around people that you've not been around. And you're going to see the things that God has put in you become an influence to them. And consequently, what God has put in them become an influence to you as well. It's not that you're better, you know. It's just maybe different. But that's how God creates the kingdom. He takes, he takes from the old and he takes from the new. And he takes from the young and he takes from the old. And he takes from the, the female and the male. He takes from all different races and creeds and colors. He brings them all together to become one expression of his glory to the earth. Amen. 
We become, through his radiant expression of his nature to the world, we become the reconcilers. We become the ambassadors of Christ. Reconciling as he came to reconcile all men to the Father. We come also to connect the arms to the Father to let them begin to become expressed to him and let him express to them this divine connection that comes in the kingdom of God. Amen. I was sick the last 24 hours, and this morning I woke up at 5.30 and with such a deep cough, and, and I, believe me, I don't believe I'm contagious. If I am, have grace for me, and be sure to take a lot of vitamin C. But, um, but I, if you would have seen me at 6.30, 7 o'clock this morning, you'd say, how in the world did this man make it to church? I was sick enough to where I could not even prepare for this word this morning. Tried yesterday and today, and I was, the last two days I had to stay in bed, almost. Left the house once in the last three days. And I'm not saying that to elicit your sympathy towards me. I'm just saying that the Lord would not allow me, I feel like now in retrospect, would not allow me to come up here and give you something out of my head but I, what I felt I shared with you this morning is from him maybe not in perfection or maybe it lacks a lot probably does but I feel like there's a spirit that the Lord wants to give us today it's an incredible thing isn't it it's an incredible day that we're in and I'm feeling a lot better now. By the way, I'm, I'm hungry. So it must mean that things are going good. <laughs> Hallelujah.